John chapter 14. Another announcement, the, your offering, offering envelopes or, or offering giving receipts are available in the foyer as well. Um, Brother Mar wanted me to announce that um, if you're a regular giver, to make sure that you put your full name on offering envelopes as you give, to make sure that you get credit. Uh, if you do want your offering number, he can help you with that. And if you have any questions about uh, the giving receipts, you can talk to him. Of course, he's homesick today, but when he is back, uh, you can make sure you direct your questions to him. John chapter 14, and we'll begin our reading together in verse 18. John chapter 14 and verse number 18 together. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world see, seeth me no more, but ye shall see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, by the way, the Bible is its best commentary, and so Judas speaks, and the Bible says, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, uh, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away, and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, and my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Our theme for this year is launch out. And I have been looking at, in our launch on Sundays, various messages that encourage the launching out by faith and trusting God in the decisions of our life. And I want us to think about this expression that we find in verse 31, where the Bible says, Jesus speaking, Arise, let us go hence, let us go forward. Let's pray. Lord, help us as we look at your word. I pray that you would give us understanding. I pray that you would direct us. 
And I pray, Lord, also that you would bind Satan and his demons. I pray that your word would fall on good ground. I pray that it would grow in our hearts and in our lives. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and give me the words to say, I, Lord, I know that I am unable to help anyone. It is your word that makes a difference in our lives by your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that that would be manifested in our life here this morning. I pray that you'd be glorified in all that's said and done. I pray again for the children's ministries downstairs, for the youth program. I pray, Lord, that you would help them and direct them as your word is uh, given. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This message here this morning is a two-part message. We're going to continue the second part of it in our afternoon service. And I understand that not everyone can stay for lunch and for the second service, but we will gather together around 1220. Uh, That's going to be their second service. And, uh, and so if you would like to, if you can't stay for lunch, you can come back for the, the afternoon service. We'd love for you to join us and hear the remainder of this message. Uh, it has been commonly supposed that Jesus and the apostles now uh, rise from supper and head to the Mount of Olives. It is there where we hear the remainder of this discourse in chapters 15 and 16, and together with the prayer of chapter 17. Terrific passages of scripture filled with incredible doctrines and truth. Both of these are delivered while on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, it is probably toward midnight when all of these things are taking place, and Jesus, with his little band of disciples, was himself, uh, was within himself going to die, and he sent forth in the stillness of the night, counseling these, uh, these disciples in regard of the duties of a Christian and the dangers that would lie ahead, invoking the protection and the blessing of God his Father to attend and to sanctify and to guide in their labors and, and to protect them in the persecutions that lie ahead that they would endure. But with everything that was about to happen, think about this, how could Jesus, knowing that the next stop would be the cross, how could he look at his disciples and say, let us go hence? Let us move forward. Let us take the next step. Now, I understand in our Christian life, and there are, uh, as we think of a crowd this size, there are uh, individuals in different stages of the Christian life. There are baby Christians. There are Christians that have been saved for many years. There, there might be those here that are not even Christians. They don't know Christ as their Savior. And we have obstacles in our life. We have fears in our life. There's opposition in our life to keep us from taking that next step uh, in our spiritual walk. Uh, and we have to deal with these obstacles, these fears, this opposition, these obstacles. And even we have to deal with our, our own human heart. As the Bible teaches us, it's desperately wicked who can know it. Exodus chapter 14. Can we turn there in our text? Exodus chapter 14. And I want us to notice the words of Moses here as he is speaking to the children of Israel. Exodus chapter 14. And let's begin our reading here in verse 14. Hold your place in John and uh, turn to the book of Exodus. And notice what the scriptures say here. Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 14. Moses speaking again to the children of Israel said, And the Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel. Look at this expression, that they go forward, that they go forward. But lift, up the, but lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall not follow, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his house, and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. The heart of God is to be known. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. We notice the phrase in verse 15 here, go forward. Now the children of Israel stood before the Red Sea with no passable way. No passable way. But they are commanded by God to go hence, to move forward. Now we, in our Christian life, we walk by faith and not by sight. The forwardness in our life is taken with God, walking by faith, trusting in God. First John 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins. Walking in the light is, is moving forward. It's confessing our sin, understanding our inability, and trusting in God. And when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with each other, with other believers, because our fellowship is with God. And we walk in that light. We move forward in the Christian life. And so the question you have to ask yourself here this morning is, where do you need to walk forward? What areas of your life do you need to walk forward in? Have you stopped in your Christian life? You know, you stop moving forward, you're backslidden. You don't have to move backwards to be backslidden. You're not moving forward, you're backslidden. And so how can we move forward in the unknown of our lives? How can we go hence? How can we trust in God? You know, the Muslims put their faith in the Quran or Muhammad. The Buddhists put their faith in graven images. The humanist puts their faith in themselves. The religious man, he puts his faith in his works. The materialists, they put their faith in their wealth. But a true spiritual life is a life putting their faith in God and trusting in the Lord to move forward. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, speaking of Jesus, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Our hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Trusting in God. Putting our faith in the Lord. Now I want us to notice this passage of scripture this morning. And some wonderful truths that's given to us by Jesus. As Jesus brings together these disciples and tells them to move forward, he gives to them incredible truths in why they can go forward and why they can go hence, why they can move forward and why they can have confidence in moving forward. 
And I want to give to you these truths here this morning. And again, we'll finish them uh, this afternoon with our message. Number one, here's the first reason we can move forward. is because Christ is always with us. He is always with us. Look at our text here. And I will, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. As that day, ye, uh, at that day, ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Notice the phrase in verse 18, so important for us. I will come to you. I will come to you. We see, first of all, his comfort and uh, his coming to us. He says here, I will not leave you comfortless. You know, I, I remember uh, being taught in Bible college uh, that the idea here of, of comfort or comfortless is the idea of an orphan, that God won't leave us an orphan. He will be with us. He will come to us. He won't leave us alone. And, and in salvation, we are in Christ. And this is an important truth that we find our identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know where you find your identity today and your personality and your wealth, uh, you, you know, and your health and your success. I don't know where you find your identity, but for a, a born-again believer, our identity is in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Matthew 28 and verse 16, then the seven, uh, 11 disciples went away unto Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus said, go forward, preaching the gospel to all nations. It's a blessing to have my sister with us here this morning. She and her husband are missionaries to West Africa. And uh, she came up to visit me and to bug me this weekend. But it's a, <laughs> it's a blessing. I'm just joking. It's a blessing to have her here and, and her, her children, her husband and her son is not here. Our oldest son's not here. They are uh, visiting churches, but she came down to see us. Uh, and uh, it's a blessing to know that there are missionaries that are going into the world and preaching the gospel. And the great command, the great command that we have in the Bible is as we go in the banner of the Lord, Christ is always with us. I will be with you. I will not leave you an orphan. I will come to you as you go forward, as you go, uh, as you go forward, I will be with you. My, my dad died at the age of 50 years old. He was a devoted Christian and his favorite hymn uh, was never alone. And we sang that, that hymn at his funeral. And I remember being 15 years old, and I can still picture that in my mind today, singing that hymn. Let me read you the words. I've seen the lightning flashing. I heard the thunder roll. I felt life's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of Jesus 
telling me still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And you can go forward today. You can go hence. You can arise and move forward because God is with you. He's with you in the unknowns of life, in the burdens of life, and the difficulties of life. We see his coming, but also we see his care as the disciples in our text are addressed as children, as children. And it is really the kindness of a parent that is expressed to his people. As John chapter 13, verse 33 says, little children, yet a little while while I am with you, ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, my little children is the expression here. And Jesus said that even though he was going away and that he wouldn't physically be with them, that he would still take care of them. He would still help them. He would still provide for them. He would still guide them. And, and, and the, the, the great truth is, as though absent from the flesh, yet he would never leave them and his care would be ever present with them. And so we notice his coming, we notice his care, but notice his capacity. In verse number 19, he says, Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. And at that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. It is indeed the indwelling of the Spirit of God that makes the dynamic difference in our lives. Because Jesus lives, we will also live. And as a Christian, we will live as long as Jesus lives. And the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus said, I am alive forevermore. We are in Christ. And we see his capacity as he lives his life through us. As Christians, we find his power and we find his direction in our life. Colossians 3 verse 3, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And notice the identity of the Apostle Paul in verse 4 of Colossians 3. When Christ, who is our life. Not something that we just tag on to our life. No, he is our everything. He is our identity. He is our life. And we can face the unknown of life because Christ is with us. He will never forsake us. No matter where we go, if we go in the name of Jesus, he's there. Think about this, number two. How, why can we go forward? We can go forward because we are following Jesus. We are following Jesus. Look at our text here, verse 21. Verse 21. The Bible says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? 
Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we, uh, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the fathers which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. A true love for Christ will produce obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In the scripture, we notice the union of the Son and the Father. And it's a powerful union. Judas is asking a question. How do you manifest yourself to us, but not to the world? And to manifest, the idea there is to show, to make appear, to place before the eyes so that an object may be seen. How do you manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And the Bible says in verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Now here's the key. Christ manifests himself through obedient believers. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. And then he looked at the disciples and said, Ye are the light of the world. You see, he shines through us. And God is seen in the life. Christ is revealed through his word, as we live his word, as we follow the Lord in our life. The idea to make our abode in verse 23 speaks of the fact that this is not some temporary revelation, but this is a continual revelation of God through his word and the obedience of a Christian every day. My goal in my life Every morning is in that day to obey God, to please God, so that God would reveal himself to this world through my life. And Christ continually makes himself known in our life each and every day. John chapter 14, verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Now, I'm going to speak from my heart here in this passage of scripture. There are many times in my Christian life that I've had, and really that I've had personally the most difficulty in my Christian life is when I refused to listen to God and followed my own flesh, followed my own desires, followed what I wanted and not what God wanted. And in those times in my life when I followed my own way, and not God's way. That candle, that light in my life grew dim. It's in the times in my life when I put God first. It's in the times of my life when I, in my love for God that constrained me, that I obeyed God and followed God in my life. It's in those times in my life that that light grew brighter. Christians today, our goal is always God. We are to follow him in our life. Why can we go hence? Because Jesus is leading the way. 
We just follow him. He is the one who ran the Christian life, the race, perfectly. And we are to look unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let me read you this quote. Someone said, if you are a Christian, you are not a citizen of this world trying to get to heaven. If you are a Christian, I want to read this again. You are not a citizen of this world trying to get to heaven. You are a citizen of heaven making your way through this world. And the only way we can do that is by following Jesus. What does Jesus have to say? What does Jesus want me to do? How can we get through the world? We follow the Lord. Can I give you some advice that Peter gave to Christians after he had denied the Lord three times? This is what Jesus said to Peter. He denied the Lord three times. Three times. Thought he was a failure. Thought he was washed up. God can't use me anymore. I'm going back fishing. Uh, and, and by the way, our carnality influences other people because the disciples said, we, we, we'll go with you. We'll go with you. You can't do it, Peter. We probably can't either. And notice what Jesus said in John 21, verse 20. This is the words of Jesus, okay? And he's giving advice to Peter. This is how you get through the world, okay? Look what the Bible says. John 21, verse 20. You can turn there. Verse number 20. And notice what the Bible says here. John 21, verse 20. John chapter 21 and verse 20. Jesus said this, then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, and this would be John the apostle, the unnamed apostle uh, is John, at least that's what is assumed, uh, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? And Peter, uh, he that betrayeth thee, Peter seeing him, uh, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Now, here Peter had denied the Lord, and Jesus comes specifically for Peter to restore him. And, and still, Peter is still concerned about other people. What, what is he going to do? How, how is he going to live? How is he going to die? Uh, what, what, what's this man going to do for you? And notice the advice of Jesus in this passage of Scripture. This is advice for all of us today. Don't put your eyes on other Christians. Put your eyes on Christ. Jesus saith unto him, if I will that ye tarry till I come, what is that to thee? I'll paraphrase it for you. Jesus said, Peter, that's none of your business. Look what he said. Follow thou me. Follow thou me. Our Christian life, the success of our Christian life, is found in following Jesus. And following Jesus is motivated by our love for him. And so you have to ask yourself this question, and it's a heartfelt question. Am I following Jesus today? Am I following Jesus today? Entire provinces formerly closed to the gospel were swept up. Uh, a missionary movement, perhaps unparalleled, had swept up a, a missionary movement, uh, perhaps unparalleled in history. Wales, in particular, sent hundreds of missionaries to northern India 
and, uh, and they were joined by Indian evangelists, as well as missionaries from England, Australia, and also the United States. This movement was remarkable for two reasons. First of all, it was led mostly by Indians themselves, and those men became national figures and national missionaries with, within their, their country. And second, this missionary endeavor was focused on northern India, which was firmly in the grips of the most oppressive forms of Hinduism. Uh, it was a place where the caste system was entrenched and where headhunters head ruled, a very difficult place to minister. These provinces were pride, had prided themselves in the hostile reaction that they gave foreigners and the hostile reaction they gave to gospel preachers. Dozens and dozens of these missionaries became martyrs. But despite the opposition and violence, or perhaps because of the opposition, the gospel made inroads into this previously off-limit area. In the 1880s, a Welsh missionary who had endured severe persecution, finally, after serving the Lord for several years, finally saw his first converts in a particularly brutal village in the Indian province of Assam. A, a husband and wife and their two children professed faith in Jesus Christ, and they were scripturally baptized. It was an incredible thing. God was blessing in their life. Their village leaders decided that they were going to make an example out of the husband. And so they arrested the family and they demanded that the father renounce Christ or they would see their children murdered. When he refused, his two children were executed by archers. Given another chance to recant, the man again refused. And his wife was similar, similarly struck down. Still refusing to recant, the man followed his, uh, his family into glory. Witnesses later tell the story to a Welsh missionary, and this is what they say. The report said that when asked to recant or to see if his children uh, recant or see his children murdered, the man simply said this, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. After seeing his children killed, he reportedly said, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. And then when seeing his wife pierced by arrows, he said, though no one join me, still I will follow. And the hymn writer put it to words, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Jesus said, you can go hence today. You can follow me in a difficult circumstance. Why? Because I will go with you. And I will care for you. And with my capacity, as I am the King of kings and Lord of lords, I will live through you. And you can do great things for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know where you are spiritually today. I don't know the obstacles that you face in that next step. But I pray to God that you'll decide today to follow Jesus and to say yes to him. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for all that you've done. We're grateful for the opportunity that we have 
to worship you. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and I pray that you would use your word, Lord, to guide and direct us. If there's a, a, an individual here this morning that's not a Christian, Lord, I pray that they would come to know you today as their Lord and their Savior. I pray that they would trust in you for salvation. I pray for, for your people today. I pray for Christians that, Lord, I pray that they would, they would press the higher ground. I pray that you would help them to set aside the sin that so easily besets us and the weights and to run with patience the race that's set before us. Lord, I pray that you'd give us the strength to follow you today, whatever you're working in our heart about. I pray that you'd get the glory for it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our hymn books together if we could.